You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag Stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That. We've got a uh, very special guest, Ivan, and myself. Just the two of us. A classic Just two special people. (laughs) Just two special people doing a classic episode. No guests today. Just pure brain power of Ivan and Ryan. So... What we want to talk about today was was a few of the things that uh, are happening in the shifting market and the and the things that the sellers of practices should be thinking about and looking at uh, as they're thinking about entering selling their practice and and what the different uh, ideas that people should be considering. So, Ivan, what's the what's the first thing that you think uh, people should think about when they're trying to decide if they need to leave their practice? Well, let, let's let's dissect a little bit of what's going on in the market because what we're seeing is is definitely a radical shift from the last sort of gradual growth of our industry for both multiples on the platform as well as multiple on the clinics. As everybody knows, it's uh, been you know we've seen crazy numbers. We've seen eighteen multiple, nineteen. We've seen twenty three multiple of EBITDA on the single practice acquisition. That's gone. So everybody who is uh, uh, was excited to sell in this sort of consolidation frenzy and get that multiple from the sellers, that's not available anymore. And uh, and with what's happening with the market because of the uh, Russians that did this to economy and, uh, and everything else that's going on. So the multiples are dropping, the interest rates are higher and the consolidators that leveraged a lot of their uh, acquisitions through uh, debt, the debt is becoming really expensive and those that were leveraged uh, a lot, then they are in a lot of trouble right now. So therefore, uh, right now, the interest in selling your practice, it, it just can be the immediate reward economic only. I think there's many more things that are now coming into decision um, and uh, they're becoming more reasonable. I think the multiples that we're seeing, and Ryan, you're closer to the pipeline, but they're in around 10. I know that mm-hmm. in Canada, they're even like six, seven, eight. And uh, there's nothing uh, that uh, really will stop them from dropping even lower. So I think that's an important beginning of the conversation that the environment, the macros of the economic situation changed. Uh, the industry is still stable. It's very attractive to investors. It will go through a recession like before with good numbers as the industry, but this arbitrage game is not there anymore. And the focus is way more on the organic growth and the platforms that know how to operate clinics. With that in mind, let's now think of what changing the conversation with the sellers, right? And that's what you're closer to. Yeah. So what are those what are those questions that you think that well, what do you ask the sellers when you talk to them in the last sort of several months? Well, the the first thing that's interesting is a lot of times you don't have to ask a question because people want to tell you what's going on in their practice. Um, so when we kick off our, our first meetings with sellers uh, or even practice owners, right? You're not a seller until you really find the right partner and, and are doing that. But even if you're just researching what's going on in the industry and who you want to talk to, I talk to a lot of people that are just doing that. And I think there's a few reasons for selling. Like you said, first off, there was a major push by a lot of people 
that saw outrageous figures and said, you know, there's, there's an opportunity here to sell my practice and retire and go sit pina coladas on the beach and never think about veterinary medicine again. And I think that side of the world has, has changed. Practices are still extremely valuable though, and a very good investment and a great place to have your, your money and you've grown a great business. But now I'm starting to see people that are nearing their retirement age. Um, they've, if you're a smaller practice, you know, one or two doctor practice, you're probably seen and have heard the stories of, you know, the, the 75, 85, 90 year old doctor who finally shows up to work one day and says, you know, I think today's going to be my last day. I'm ready to sell the practice. And, and at that point you no longer have a practice because you don't have a doctor there. So people that are, you know, five years, six years, 10 years out from retirement are starting to look at what the, the exit opportunity is to be able to sell a practice while still participating and staying long on alongside. So that's a big one. And then there's a major heavy piece of actually, you know, owning a business, having your own business is stressful and it's, it's trying. And I think a lot of the practice owners that I talk to, um, tell me that they're ready to go back to the thing that they're passionate about, which is practicing medicine um, and stop worrying about HR and time off policies and benefits and, and those sort of things. So those are those are some of the big things that I think I'm seeing from practice owners that I'm talking to right now. So what is the reaction that you hear from? So So right now, you know, right now is the time, last two months and right now is when you know, you have these um, sellers coming in and they're like, yeah, I want 15, 17, multiple. What do you see as the reaction to basically them slowly understanding that they missed the boat of those crazy lottery money? And uh, what is their strategy then to do it? Because I assume there's different people uh, with different goals. So those that are sort of closer to what our partners are, you know, 45, 55-year-old entrepreneurial person, and then there's those that are a little closer to 60. They're thinking I might retire and, oh, it's not happening. So what, what is their reaction and, and what is their then outcome? Like how would those different classes of people, if you can classify them that way, yeah. what, what would they yeah. do? So, so your first batch of, of, of practice owners are what I think are folks that are still in a fantastic spot, people that are excited about veterinary medicine, excited about the growth of the industry, the fact that it is that it was COVID uh, immune, and it was um, very, very strong through previous recessions, and it's going to continue to be strong through this recession. And I think the, f the folks that are looking at that and saying, hey, I can join up with the group that is looking at a long term growth strategy versus arbitrage, which we've talked about in a couple episodes, but the idea of buying things, bundling them together and selling them to the next person that gets uh, stuck holding the bag eventually. Um, but when you're finding practice owners that are looking for a group that has a long-term strategy to be able to grow and improve the practices, those, those folks are still in a great spot because they're looking at what we can offer and what some others are offering around margin expansion and improving the efficiency and the operations of the practice and utilizing the scale of the business to be able to do some big things. Um, the people that were sitting there and thinking, well, if numbers continue to go up, they'll continue to go up forever. Um, probably like the Bitcoin crowd, right? 
<laughs> they're they're probably saying, well, this isn't something I can do. But what you can see with, you know, obviously we're Galaxy vets. We think that we have the best model, and I think that we do. Um, but people that look at that and can <laughs> people that can look at that and and say that there's an opportunity to do an equity rollover. So looking at the value of your practice, but being able to participate with somebody else like ourselves that are going to be able to take a major portion of your equity in your practice and roll that into a parent company like Galaxy Vets with a team that's going to be growing that long-term wealth and about, you know, value of the business. Um, so you don't need to just be selling everything that you own right now. You can also reinvest that into an industry that you know a lot about, that you feel confident in and that you feel, you know, you still have the, the opportunity to be able to influence and you know, push the value of your practice continually. Well, I kind of, you know, with, with all this happening in the market right now, I actually feel like we are lucky in the way that, that our initial initial promise was let's 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 value your practice less than these crazy numbers because that's not sustainable but let's roll over a major portion of your sale have your mini liquidity event especially if you're younger and continuing to work you know whatever you need to do buy a car new house and you know a boat and then continue to work with us on this project where we will maximize the next exit, whether it's IPO or strategic, or we just continue as an ESOP based organization and five years later, see the overall platform multiple grow much more significantly of this than this individual hospital. And that's, and even now I'm looking at these people that even retiring that even for them, if I retire today, sell my practice and a 10 X multiple, it's $2 million. Well, that's not going to really cut, you know, to the, for the whole, retirement but if part of it or half of it goes into the company that you believe in that can grow organically then uh then why would you put it in the bank like why would you liquidate your asset and then put it in the bank where it's you know maximum four percent growth over the long period of time where if there's success in galaxy and how we see it there's potential seven to ten fold of your investment so i think that we were sort of lucky that we were thinking in this direction already, even before the market change. But one thing that I wanted to go back to, there's an interesting thing that you said, then pick the platform, pick the consolidator that is focused on operations rather than on the arbitrage. So what would be that conversation that you think that the seller should have to identify, yes, these guys are talking truth. They're going to build this operationally because I've seen, you know, through VIS days, we've seen with you many presentations in which there's yeah. one slide. How are you going to improve? We're going to deploy this most modern technology. What the hell that means? <laughs> and, you know, things like yeah. that. Like, like, so what, what are the questions that these guys should, and, and, and women should ask for from the consolidator to, to actually understand that they're a true operational model that will have organic growth? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it starts with the first person that you talk to, which is someone like myself in business development. Um, if I can't tell you efficiently the things that we're going to be doing around operations, then it's probably not very well baked out at the top level as well, because mm -hmm. those are things that need to be a constant, constant conversation. So I think it's really important to 
grill, you know, I like when people grill me with questions because I think it gives us the opportunity to show off what we've actually done and what we know and what we're going to do. So I think it's important to grill that first BD person. And if they're not getting you the answers that you look for, ask to talk to, you know, the next person. Who's who's the person that's going to be making these changes? So we had Steve, um, who's our VP of operations on, on the podcast, say, hey, I, I want to talk to Steve. I want to know how Steve in person is going to make these changes. So I think that's a big thing because people, if they don't have those fully baked, you're going to start to hear a lot of we could dream of, or maybe we will, or perhaps we should, or versus we have 19 growth levers that we can implement. Not all practices are going to be that. These are the things that we think would make the most sense knowing what we know about your practice so far, but we can drive deeper in and figure them out. And so those are kind of things that that are going to be important um, because especially if you're doing an equity rollover or, or retaining any shares exactly. in that group, you, you aren't going to be seeing those, you know, two to three year recapitalization cycles that you saw previously for people that sold, sold practice and, and, you know, moved on with another, you know, double the return uh, in, in a very short period. So I think that's going to be important. Um, and it kind of carries over into the exit options as well. The exit options that people look at are not just who's going to give me the most money and what's my required contract to stay. That's one of those questions that I understand it. It kind of drives me a little crazy because, you know, when I first started working with Galaxy Vets and VIS with, with Ivan, I didn't say, how long do you have to have me here before, before I can leave? Right. That's we're Actually, going I thought in about it. Yeah. You never hire people. And like they ask you, how long do I have to be here? How long do I have to be here, right? It's like going to Thanksgiving. Everyone just went to Thanksgiving, right? If you walked into Thanksgiving and said to your mom, mom, I'm really glad that you invited me. How long do I have to be here? Do you think that she's going to be really excited to be pulled to, pulling the turkey out of the oven? No, you want to be there. It should be a, you, if you're not enjoying Thanksgiving with your family, go somewhere else. But right, if you're not enjoying working with us, you should find a partner that you want to be working with and that's kind of how we would look at it. So I think you should look at your exit options. One of, you know, where do you want to spend your time if you're planning to continue working? If you're looking to retire, what's the opportunity? Certain groups are okay with that. Certain groups aren't. Um, we're flexible depending on who the practice is, where they are. But those are the questions to ask. Um, and an exit option that a lot of people bring up to me once they learn about our employee ownership is they say, I wish I could sell my practice to my employees so that I didn't have to deal with corporate medicine. I don't want to deal with a big corporate group. I wish I could just give it to my employees, but that doesn't make financial sense because they can't afford to buy it. It's not the right thing. So or they can't that's run where it. we that's another thing. They can't they can't run it as well. Yeah, because a lot of them will look at it and say, I asked my associates if they want to buy it and they don't. Um, so that's that's where I think we can come in and and allow people to have an exit option where their employees and their team can become equity shareholders in the entire organization that they're at. So they're able to fulfill that altruistic feeling. They're still able to receive the correct financial amount that they need for their practice. And they're able to set up a long-term growth strategy with the group that they can feel confident in. That's awesome. And you remind me of a friend of mine that I had uh, in Ontario with the, with the Thanksgiving. They weren't asking when when can I leave, but when you visited them, 
they had a huge sign that this party is over at 7 p.m. <laughs> they set it out right. I think it's smart. It's like you, you always have people that are going to you know, finish all their beers or something and sit there until 10 p.m. And you're like, come on, guys. So I thought it was funny, but it's kind of effective. <laughs> Should I do that from now on? I'll practice. Hey, I'm happy to have you, but I only want to see you for 10 years. And then, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can tolerate you for only three years. So that Yeah. I think that's probably what the people tell me, right? Right. You know, exactly. Ryan, we're happy to have you, but for five years. And then. Yeah. Well, let's reverse this, Ryan. I, I love what you what you said there. So this is how we should look for it. And and just to recap, so when you're talking to consolidator today in today market, you need to clearly understand what they do. Not just like, oh, we're going to bring technology, we're going to improve margins, and we're going to improve revenue. Like what exact? We're going to improve marketing. What do you do? Like that's what you need to ask. And and given my numbers and my practice at a high level that I told you, what do you think will fit? to improve profitability or revenue or efficiency in my practice? How do you, how do you apply it exactly to my situation? Because not everybody is the same. So those are all the great questions to ask, but let's reverse it on our side. So now when we're talking to uh, sellers, what, would you, what do you ask them? What do you want to know about them and what they should be prepared to answer in the similar way to you so we are attracted to partner with them? Because we don't partner with everybody who has a pulse. We partner with people that are sold into our operational plan that we have clearly defined in our culture and our burnout prevention culture and then into our um, employee ownership. So what do sellers need to be able to answer to you? Yeah. So I think, you know, for me, two red flags for the right partner are when we open the conversation, they say, what's your multiple and how long do I have to stay? Right. If, if that's how we open our conversation, usually it means that we're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not usually a right cultural fit because we do want people that want to see a long-term uh, growth with us. So that's one thing that's really important. But on the more intangibles but or on the more um, non-financial side of things, I, I like to find out sort of what the culture of the team is, the longevity of the staff, what the... Um, ownership experience has been like for the staff thus far. Uh, I think it's really important to find out who their their clientele are, if they're getting a lot of repeat clientele, if they're seeing a really good increase of growth in their practice, whether they've moved to a new spot, whether they've you know been able to drive new marketing or, or pushing new clientele in the you know in with them, or if they have a really really strong base of existing clientele. Um, Another thing that's important is as we look at sort of what their capacity is, you know, if they're a smaller practice, is there space to add an additional doctor? Is there square footage? Is there exam rooms to add additional doctor? I know there's the patience to be able to add an additional doctor, but is there the actual capacity within the practice to be able to do that? Um, so we look at the square footage of the practice. We look at the number of exam rooms. Uh, and then another big thing for us is also in our galaxy utilization of our solar systems, which is something we've talked about, but the, the regional focus. So really seeing where a practice is located and if it's in a spot where we've been able to, you know, target and find other practices that are interested as well as other talent and other employees that are interested. So those are some of the things that we look at there. And, you know, I, I hate to give it too much of touchy feely, you know, emotional side of thing, but there is a big emotional piece to it. There's some practice owners and, that 
probably leave a conversation with me and go, I don't ever want to talk to him again, or, and it might be mutual, or there might be somewhere we both leave and say, you know what, there's, there's something special in the way that we both view the industry and the, the goals of this, of the practice and those sort of things. And, and those are the things that I think it's my job to bring to our team, our executive team and our, our review team to be able to say, there's something extra here. And now let's look at what the numbers look like. But those are the big things that, that I really look for and that, that matter a lot to me. So you're not uh, leading the conversation. I heard like this, I don't remember you and I, I think we talked to someone with, um, that the, uh, the BD person came in and, and they start conversation with you're about to get rich like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's cool. Uh, yeah, but I just don't know if that's really someone that, uh, like to me, just that, that doesn't sound something that vets want to hear, or at least not all the vets. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, and to hear, but it's like, if you're leading with that, that to me is like, <laughs> right. You, you know, We've talked a lot about the Maslow hierarchy and, you know, my wife and I, as we were driving to Austin for Thanksgiving, we were talking about this. And sometimes we have those conversations where your mind just is like, oh my gosh, this is too much. But we were driving down I-35 and if you've made that drive, there's plenty of places to spend money and lots of consumerism. And, you know, you're in a large vehicle and there's, you know, screen and you're like, what are we doing all this for? What's, you know, what's the point? What's the goal of what we're doing? We had our babies in the back. We're like, we are excited to go down and see family and have the babies meet people and play and things like that. It doesn't matter, you know, at a certain point, it doesn't matter what car you're driving in to get there. You know, as long as it's safe, as long as it's something you feel comfortable in and, you know, where's the house, where are we staying? There were those sort of things that only to a certain point did those really matter and make a difference. But at the end of the day, it was about, being excited about what you were doing, getting up, you know, wanting to make sure that, you know, when we got there, I could respond to some emails because I was excited about practice owners that we were talking to. Um, and I think that's the big difference. There's, there's plenty of wealth that's being made in the veterinary industry right now. And I think successful practice owners are going to be able to um, extract that from their business in many different ways. But I think it's about wanting to enjoy that time that you're spending every single day as you get to that point. I love that you went a little philosophical there because if you hate being a vet now, and at a certain point in my career, I hated being a vet, and then you're selling your practice, but you need to, how long do I have to stay there? If you're in that mindset and you're like, all right, I'll handle two, three years with these guys, like you're gonna hate your life more for the next three years. Mm -hmm. If you're not excited about the vision of the consolidator that you're partnering with or the group or the whatever they call themselves at the end of the day, it's, you know, it, it needs to be something that you, that has intrinsic motivation. Money is extrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation is you love it because you love doing it, not what the result is. And I think that that's what everybody should be looking forward. And when they're talking to potential exit strategy, which fits the financial model that they you know, designed with their wealth managers and that fits the long-term effect of potentially recapitalization. Then also they need to feel like I want to be doing this with this group for the next five years. So we all together will get that second bite of the apple. So, yeah. 
Real cool. Well, let's wrap up with that. I think that was a great conversation, Ryan. Thank you for giving me more insight on what's happening when you're talking to the clinic owners and hopefully uh, listeners got uh, more out of it too. Yeah, this was awesome and always enjoy it. And so next week we'll have a part two of this episode and really appreciate getting together with you. Thanks, Ryan. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at galaxyvets.com.